0: If you're not waking up to the wake up crew, here's what you've been missing. Time for Brian to come into your homes. <laughs> <laughs> Run! Don't miss the wake up crew with John, Brian, and Dalton. Doofus over here dancing. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said two and a half men. <laughs> Actually, he's got some pretty good moves. This is how we're starting, <laughs> starting the morning. <laughs> Weekday mornings from 6 until Swap and Shop. Here on News Radio, WGNS. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. We interrupt this program to bring you the following message. What if everything you've been told about money was a lie? It's time for the truth. Welcome to Financial Coaching Radio, where cookie-cutter financial advice just doesn't cut it with your host, Certified Financial Planner, Jason Qualls. He's giving it to you straight and pulling back the curtains on the financial advice industry. No hidden agenda and no one-size-fits-all baby steps. Only unbiased, objective help for your entire financial life. Tackling your money questions at 893-1450. And now, here's the host of Financial Coaching Radio. Commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls.
1: What is up? we to The One Show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent, commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com, that's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S- cfp.com if you want to jump in and be a part of the show the website is easy financialcoachingradio.com click email the show or any of the social media links questions comments disagreements we'll take them all And we talk about all types of personal finance topics on this show not limited to anything now, we don't cover the basics very often but we try to stick to retirement planning investing uh, what to avoid uh, what to look out for in a financial advisor, and of course, also estate planning, tax planning, insurance planning, etc. And today, first up on the show, we're going to talk about retirement spending. A lot of folks work very hard to accumulate assets, and once they think they're ready to retire, they start spending those assets. Now, obviously, your retirement savings, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, whatever you got going on, a SEP IRA, Simple IRA, if you're a business owner whatever you have in your financial life. Now, that's going to supplement in most cases any pensions you may have if you work for an employer who had one many years ago. That's long time gone for most people, unless you work for a government entity. Uh, Also would supplement your Social Security benefits. So in addition to living on social and pensions, your retirement income is going to be based on how well you do in spending your money. And that doesn't mean living on a budget. And you may have heard of this 4% rule, and I'm shocked to know what the data that they used to create this 4% rule. But going back to 1926 and then going ahead 50 years to 1976, they used some market data to determine what is the best percentage to withdraw from your retirement assets to ensure you don't run out of money. And I think all this was done and put together in the 90s. And as in late years, the latest years, we've been in this ultra-low interest rate environment. T-bills around 2%, 3%, somewhere in there, maybe even gotten lower at some point. But we're in a, well, we've been in a very odd period for a while. Interest rates have remained low for a long time. And low for us typically means we can get a mortgage under 4%. And that would signify that every other type of interest rate, for fixed income securities is driving uh, the, the driving force here for determining, will the 4% rule still work? A lot of research has been done to say, hey, no, 3% is now the 4% rule, 3.5%. Some people argue that 4% is way too low no matter what rate of environment you're in. But let's think about this for a moment. It's while fixed income assets, like bonds and CDs and bond mutual funds, They're still getting a decent rate of return. Are they getting a lower rate of return than they got in the late 80s, early mid-80s when interest rates were high? It all depends. It all depends on what time period you're looking at. But one thing has stayed tried and true, even with the huge market decline of 2008, is that the average return of equity investments has still been pretty dang good. So when I hear someone speaking or I read something that's speaking out against this 4% rule. The first thing I try to figure out, and when I say speak out, it means they're trying to convince us or you or I that it's no longer valid. I think they're trying to prey upon our fear. And when they prey upon our fear, like, well, that no longer works. Traditional type of investment withdrawal strategies no longer is going to be the best game plan. This gentleman must have another idea for me. And in that instance, I turn to find out what that agenda is. And it's most of the time they're trying to sell in an annuity. That's what they're trying to do. And so let's talk about some of the data that has to go behind this divestment of your retirement assets and using the 4% withdrawal rule. So this, let's give you an explanation of how it works. Whatever amount of money you have saved in your retirement uh, years or your pre-retirement years. You've accumulated, let's say, a million bucks. And it's now time for you to retire. And you use this 4% rule. You take 4% out of your million per year. You're still invested in whatever investment strategy is best for you. But you're withdrawing 4%, $40,000 a year in this instance. And you just adjust that with inflation. And you keep going and going and going. And hopefully, you'll never run out of money. So some people say that's too low. 4% is you're going to end up with a white, You're not. You're actually cheating yourself because you're not spending what you sh- could, should be or could be spending. But a lot of people who try to instill fear in us want us to believe that they have some type of secret sauce. And most people don't. They don't. They have an agenda. So when you're looking at, here's the bottom line. When you're worried about the 4% rule being enough or not enough, or running out of money or you're concerned about an investment product or strategy. Uh, it comes back down to your mindset and who is on your team. Now, a lot of people out there get their ego involved and think they can do everything themselves, and that's fine. Eventually, they're going to need a, need a financial planner. But many people realize they need help, but they don't realize the type of help that they need. So whatever your financial concern is, have someone as the head of your team be an independent only certified financial planner then you can drown out all the noise because there's so much misinformation out there so an advisor who only works for you only paid by you and as the top credential in the business of CFP cannot stress it enough the quality of the advice you receive is going to come down to their expertise and how you compensate them you want to remove all conflicts of interest for more Go to jasonquallscfp.com. jasonquallscfp.com Get a second opinion from the right type of advisor. That way, someone who you're reading an article about, it's not freaking you out because most of that stuff is designed to do just that. This is Financial Coaching Radio. If you got a money question, hit me up online. Social media links can be found at financialcoachingradio.com. Back with you right after this. is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Listen up. When is the last time you talked with an independent, objective, certified financial planner? Do yourself a favor and get a second opinion on your investments and financial plan. Call me, Jason Qualls, the only certified financial planner today at 878-2134 or go to jasonquallscfp.com. We have many great insurance agents in Rutherford County. The trouble is most of them really don't work for you and me. That's why I only recommend the independent agents of Middle Tennessee Insurance Group. They've helped many of my clients get the home and auto insurance coverages they need while also saving them hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. See if you're wasting money on home and auto insurance today by calling Middle Tennessee Insurance Group at 898-0053. That's 898-0053. Certified financial Atlanta going in now to talk estate planning is John Baker, estate planning attorney. First up on the agenda is Kobe Bryant's estate. According to WealthManagement.com, he's going to power. He passed away with almost 700 million, or made 700 million over his 20-year career. They're projecting this be this being the highest net worth athlete to die, I guess, in this circumstance. And that's going to be pretty tremendous, people dissecting his estate plan. The projection is he had everything in order because he was such an astute business person. But that is yet to be seen. But I think the question everyone's kind of posing, he died unexpectedly. He was in a helicopter that he owned. Will he get sued or will his estate get sued for the wrongful death of anyone? How is that going to play out in the estate planning case? But the, the the first point I made is that he had young children, minor children, and he died unexpectedly. There's some th- some things that are going to be, I guess, not accomplished as well if you kind of anticipated someone dying.
2: Right. I mean, if if he was you know if he was an you know an older man and you know a senior citizen retired you know it, something like that, you know you would uh, you know those are the people that tend to have gone through the planning extensively and he may have extensive estate planning but you know dying at his young age and and you know it's certainly possible that you know there are things that were you know in process or or, or, or had he known he would die at this young age maybe they would have set up different or or in, in more detail but yeah you know, i'm like you i he, he was a very meticulous businessman so i suspect he had you know estate planning in place and uh you know we just hope it was uh sufficient and in, in, in effective you know to cover this unexpected you know tragic death
1: as mentioned it's reported that he made over 680 million dollars in his career from his salary and then endorsements the largest potential estate for an athlete that's ever been seen what would you suggest in this case when, when they hit three or four minor children i think uh, very successful. How would you have initially approach the estate plan for someone that has a very similar situation? Because I guess it ties in, if you have minor children and you're worth, you know, 60, 80 million or more, your, your estate plan is pretty much the same because you're now subject to inheritance tax.
2: Yeah, you really, when you get up into, into those stratospheres, you're, you're, you know, you're, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he, he, he is a, a, a billion dollar business, you know, I mean, this is big time stuff, lots of money, you're going to have professionals from, you know, financial, tax, law, I mean, so my, my, you know, my, you know, someone like that, you know, really has to have a, have a business team of, of people that, that are helping him with these sorts of things, and I'm sure he did. Um, uh, you know, but and I, that posed
1: another question with wealthmanagement.com, dot com, is how much involved was his spouse in dealing with this team, and is she going to not know what she doesn't know mm-hmm. to make sure everything gets handled yeah. properly? Because that's key. You have to. Yeah. Everyone has to be involved in the estate planning process.
2: Yeah, and it, you know. And of course, we don't know that yet. You know, we would that you know it really hasn't become known, but.
1: Is the goal of someone with a high enough net worth to be subject to the federal inheritance tax or estate tax, is the goal there to minimize that blow, or is the goal there to make sure assets are protected for the minors and just say you pay the tax, you pay the tax?
2: Well, I think you're going to have all of that in there. And there's, and you know, one thing with high net worth persons, and, and I'm, I'm sure he has this in his plan, is he's, you know, been involved in, in charitable uh, activities you know and we we all know he's been heavily involved in those sorts of things so you know typically people at that wealth level who who are charitably inclined as he was are going to have some charitable planning some complex charitable planning in place that not only does it provide for charitable giving but it also provides for some uh, tax planning and estate tax planning so typically they're going to have you know some of that built into the plan and, and he probably did and so I think you would try to you know to uh you know, try to, 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 to work with all those objectives you know making sure that the children's uh, are, are, are protected and in trying to uh, minimize taxes you know where that can be done.
1: So in that high net worth charitable planning in a simple sense you basically give your these act, you give a large sum of money to a charitable charity in a trust sense and I guess you could your heirs could retain income but it's not really in your estate. Is that how the charitable planning works at the very basic level?
2: Yeah, I think I think so. It, you know, at a very basic level, yeah, you've got uh, you know, there's a charitable arm, and then it, it uh, uh, and they, they set them up in trusts, and, and and there's ways to to do this that can uh, make for effective charitable giving, but also provide uh, some tax uh,
1: sheltering from the for, for the, the state for the, tax for
2: the survivors. Yeah.
1: Now, is there still an unlimited marital deduction for you know, you pass he passes whatever he's worth five hundred million to his spouse. Is she going to be subject? If he did nothing, would she right away be subject to inheritance tax, or does she get it all tax free?
2: Yeah, so so you know, kind of how how the the, the joke or the or the saying goes, is, you know, if, and we could say Kobe, Kobe Bryant here, but you know, if if you know, you know, if Bill Gates died today with you know, in and, and, and his will gave everything to Melinda Gates, his wife. She pays zero taxes because there is an unlimited marital deduction. Even though he's a multi-billion, he can
1: pass as much as he wants yeah. to his spouse.
2: But the IRS is not too concerned because they'll just wait for her to die, and, and, and of course, <laughs> and tax it then. You know, it's, so it's more of a tax deferral. Is is another way to think of the unlimited marital deduction.
1: So, and someone in that sense, let's say, you know, let's, let's assume worst case scenario. Scenario: Kobe didn't didn't do very. Uh, much estate planning at all his wife inherits everything that he owned will she then be able to go in and do the proper planning or is something's too late because the the her husband already died
2: well um she'll be able to do it there'll be a lot she'll be able to do i think uh herself and 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 she's younger i mean you know they were a young family so um so not a not a huge
1: opportunity is missed if he if he turns out he no, didn't have
2: no and you know although you're know, really just a small percent of his uh, estate but you know we have the uh the uh, merit, the the state tax exemptions for single and married persons and we have that portability now where you don't necessarily have to do trust planning to utilize both spouses exemptions so if each spouse has a 10 million dollar exemption before any before inheritance taxes owed then then they then they'll be able to uh to you know join do, that portability and, and, and you know so she'll be, she'll be able to take advantage of those laws and like i said we don't know the details of how they had things set up and and uh and i i suspect that, you know that there, there was some uh pretty extensive planning there um although again we don't know being di- dying unexpectedly at a young age there there you know could have been some things that uh, had not yet been done, or
1: with this idea of the portability. You know, I don't really have right. to do anything right now because I am young and my kids are minors. I don't really want to mess with it. And if I died unexpectedly, my wife's not going to owe any inheritance tax, and she can do the planning later. Yeah. Would, is people, would they, would someone at that caliber of net worth have that thought? Because the thing that goes through my mind is,
2: I don't. Think if you so. have
1: a high net worth like that, what are you? What's the best way to approach passing assets down to someone with young yeah. children? how can a 10 year old handle 25 million you know what
2: yeah they're, yeah but they're not you know it's it's going to be in trust you know in, and and what
1: does the trust provide for a minor child
2: so what so what the trust is is going to provide you know in this case with you know with with large uh, sums of assets uh, it's going to provide professional management uh so you know the child is not thrust into having to manage uh, the wealth it, they'll be set up through professional management professional trustees And they will manage, you know, the taxes, the financial, the distributions for the child and, uh, you know, for as long as the the trust lasts.
1: John Baker, estate planning attorney. For more about John, go to BakerCouncil.com. BakerCouncil.com. It's going to be very interesting. To see how this all shakes out, if he is, is in fact the most wealthy, uh, the wealthiest athlete to pass away, and that seems shocking to me that someone would say that. I think there. Well, you be, know, it,
2: you know, we've and that's we've, probably yet, it, you know, it, you know, yet you know the first one yet. the prince's death was a little shocking, but you know he was fifty-something years old and. Uh, and, I don't remember uh, what
1: he was worth.
2: And, and uh, you know, code it, it, the Kobe Bryant death to me. It's probably you know, as far as public figures, the most uh, startling one to me uh, that I remember in, in quite a while. Uh, you know, just this just, I, when, when I first when I first heard it, I said, "Kobe Bryant? Do you mean Kobe Bryant?" I mean, I was really kind of shocked. I just it never you know something like that just never entered my mind.
1: And when these high profile, high net worth people pass away. You know, uh, you know some of the people some people do planning with trusts and other vehicles to keep things private right. when the people like this pass away it's not private everyone wants to figure out okay what do they do what did they do right what did they do wrong so the the details of kobe bryant's estate will continue to come out for maybe as long as a year
2: yeah i mean you know they'll probably trickle out and i hope a lot of it can remain private because it, it's really not a you know, most of that's probably not a public matter, but, but, you know, he was a public figure, so so you do figure, you know, like you said, you know, details will, will trickle trickle out, and I hope it goes smoothly. You know, I hope there's not controversies, and, you know, his family is, is taken, you know, is, is uh, well provided, and, and they don't, uh, you know, really have to endure you know more than what they're already enduring right now just in the loss
1: we'll continue to be talk be talking estate playing with John baker estate playing attorney writer for this jump in with a question comment disagreement at financialcoachingradio.com I'm Jason Paul certified financial planner back with you subscribe right to this. I said that
0: I love you You're lying to me. Yes, I try.
2: would you trust your
1: doctor or surgeon if they had never been to medical school of course not so why trust your financial future to a financial advisor with little training or education anyone can call themselves a financial planner or a financial advisor but a certified financial planner has been extensively trained my name is jason Qualls, and i am one of just a few certified financial planners in this area so ask your current advisor about their education and training then call me, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner at 878-2134 or go to jasonquallscfp.com. Start
0: your day with the Wake Up Room with John Dinkins, Brian Barrett, and Dalton Barrett. It's like Buck Teeth rude <laughs> over there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he sticks his teeth away out when he does it. I'm, I mean, it's amazing. Weekday mornings, 6 to 7.50.
2: Are you worried because a spouse or family member needs long term nursing home care? Estate planning attorney John Baker can help. Protect your assets so you can leave something behind for your family. Call 896 5621. That's 896 5621 or go to bakercouncil.com.
1: About personal finance, no books to sell. Certainly not pushing any financial products. We'll leave that to the other shows. I'm with John Bakery, state planning attorney, to talk about Medicaid planning. And in essence, a how do you qualify? Because I think when people get to the stage of figuring out, okay, I have some assets, not going to be able to afford care on my own, or my spouse won't be able to pay for my care on on her own very long with the amount of money we still have left. I need to go to a nursing home. What? Next, because we just kind of are dealing with this issue of how the state operates in uh, dealing with Medicaid and it's 10 care Medicaid, right?
2: Right. Yeah. So Medicaid, you know, is known as 10 care in Tennessee, and it's the it's the federal state program that that provides, uh, you know, health care primarily to, you know, to, to, uh, you know, low income uh, 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 individuals and and persons with, uh, you know, limited net worth. And there are a lot of rules in regard to qualifying for long-term care, you know, through Medicaid. Uh, Medicaid pays for over 50% of all long-term care, you know, in, in, in a nursing home. So they are the primary payer. And, uh, and it's because people run out of money. You know, you only can pay for so long. Most people will run out of money fairly short, and they, they default to the Medicaid system. There are a lot of rules to qualify uh, financial rules uh well, there's
1: an interesting stat i read earlier 10 care covers 20 percent of the tennessee population which is 1.4 million people right. with a 12 yeah. million dollar
2: budget that's huge yeah i mean i, I mean health care is 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 a major major issue uh and certainly is in, in tennessee and and of course you know 10 tennessee did not do the medicaid expansion you know that came out uh you know, during during the Obama administration, uh, and so we we have not received those funds, and uh, you know, and when we continue to uh, deal with the issue of, uh, of 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 health coverage, you know, for first persons who you know can't afford it, and, and and for disabled persons.
1: So let's say a husband, and you know, the husband needs long term health care, the wife is still healthy and let's just make it very simple obviously most people's situation is is not this simple because they have checking accounts they have cars they have homes they have retirement accounts whether they're worth a million dollars or ten thousand dollars but they have money in different places But let's make it very simple husband and a wife have a hundred thousand dollars of cash and they own a hundred thousand dollar home how does they how do they qualify for medicaid
2: yeah, so the uh, you know there's various things we can do in the planning to, to optimize it, but just to keep it simple, the the house is an exempt asset, so they're not going to count the house against the couple's uh, asset uh, limitations. And in a married couple situation, they're going to allow the spouse at home to keep a certain amount of the money, and then the rest of it has to be spent down, is what basically the term you'll hear down to under $2,000. And so in a $100,000 scenario, let's say okay, ha, uh under the Medicaid 10 care calculation, they'll say half of that, 50,000, let's say we'll uh this is the wife. go to the spouse at home, the wife. No matter who owns what, no matter who no matter whose name it's in, either one or other or both. And then uh and then the uh, the other fifty thousand, they will say, okay, this has to be reduced to two thousand dollars. You got to spend forty eight. Yeah, forty eight thousand. You've got to do something with. Well, what are the, some of the things we look at? Well, uh, do they have they paid for their funeral burial? If not, that's probably a good thing to do. You know, that's that is allowed under the the, the Medicaid rules. Uh, they may have some bills to pay off. Maybe there's a, a, some mortgage to pay, so they could pay down their bills. Uh, we have some, uh, you know, some because a little more sophisticated planning techniques we might use. Uh, we have things called Medicaid compliant annuities, but could you just uh, go to Vegas and blow because that's an option? You know, they they ju- they basically can't give it away. It has to be used for for their purpose. But yes, it, it it doesn't have to be spent on needs. It just could just it could just be spent on having fun, I suppose. But of course, <laughs> people in that scenario, you know, aren't. Spending for fun, you know, they're they're they're. So you say it can't be daughters. given away.
1: What does it mean? Can you can you not just give it to the other spouse or or what?
2: Well, you can move move things between the spouses, uh, and, and and sometimes that's part of the planning. But uh, but you can't give it to to third person So you can't just give money to your child or to your grandchild. You know that it, it's you know that that would uh, uh, cause a, a a penalty period where, where there'd be a period there. of time where they would not pay. So. Uh, you know, but but you know the things we're going to look at. If you had forty eight thousand in excess assets and they haven't bought funeral burial, then we're probably going to suggest that. If they have some bills to pay off, well, you know, we're probably going to pay some of those down, and then and we'll see how much we have left at that point and and, and go from there. Uh, but we do try to shift, you know, following Medicaid rules, as much of the uh, you know the resources as we can to to the spouse that that's going to be at home because they might have needs too, if not now down the road. And, 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 and uh, you know, $50,000 may sound like a lot of money, but if you're talking about, you know, years of living uh, and, and, and the things that might come up, including the spouse at home's own health care, you know, issues, uh, you know, it's not a lot of money. And so we're gonna try to utilize the Medicaid rules to get as, as much uh, available for the uh, spouse at home as, as we can, because we gotta take care of that spouse too.
1: Well, the, you know, we gave a very simple example of just having $100,000 of assets. You know, the more assets you have, the the more complex this plan could be. But even in the simple simplest situation, it's still pretty complex. So, John, I know a lot of people have questions about this. What's the best way for someone uh, interested in learning more about long-term health care planning and Medicaid and asset protection? How do they reach out to you?
2: Yeah, they can just give us a call at 615-896-5621 here in Murfreesboro.
1: Also online at bakercouncil.com, bakercouncil.com. The point I want to drive home is this stuff, uh, dealing with the state and any government entity, it's going to get confusing. you got to make sure you don't mess it up. And that's why people who specialize in find an attorney who specializes in this.
2: Yeah, so, you know, and a lot of times with Medicaid, the timing of when you do things is important as well. So, so, uh, you know, it's really important not to do something too soon or too late.
1: John Baker, State planning attorney, BakerCouncil.com. I appreciate your time, John.
2: All right, thank you. Thanks for having us. This sure
1: is Financial Coaching Radio. Taking our last break, get those questions in, click email the show at FinancialCoachingRadio.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. O. Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners. If you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free, certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique Go to jasonqualscfp.com or call 878-2134 today.
0: Donegal offers car and homeowner's insurance at rates that are very competitive. So competitive that Donegal's car insurance rates are among the lowest in the state. And if you insure your car and home with Donegal, Donegal will take up to an additional 10% off their already low rates. Donegal, a better value. Let us quote your auto and home and maximize your discounts. Call Middle Tennessee Insurance Group at 615
1: 898 0053. Financial Coaching Radio is with you every Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock right here on WGNS, unless there's a local sports conflict. Is and you just feel yourself having to have your fix of Financial Coaching Radio, if that would be true, from all our great listeners out there. You can also go online, financialcoachingradio.com, click on the archives tab, all of the shows or a lot of the shows are listed by date and by main topic. We talk about things on this show everyone else is scared to touch because everyone else is focused on trying to get you to believe in their system, their strategy, their way of doing things, their secret sauce, or buying their book, or coming to their live event. We just talk about real deal, everyday financial plan topics when it comes to retirement, taxes, investing, insurance, all that stuff, because it affects your entire financial life. It all should be working together. Don't piecemeal your financial plan. Don't have an insurance guy that doesn't know your investment guy. Don't have an investment guy that doesn't know your estate guy. You need someone at the top, and that's going to be an independent, fee only certified financial planner. Look up what fee only means. If you think it still means fee-based, because it doesn't. There are stark differences. Fee-only is the best way, in my view. Go to Jason Gwalls, Appreciate you listening today and every day. I'm out of here. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. I'll be back at you tomorrow, same time, same channel, right here on WGNS. See you then.